Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got stories about an old TV series and new ways to cuddle. In 1993, ABC aired a five-part ambitious miniseries called Wild Palms. From Oliver Stone. This better be good. The director of Platoon, Wall Street, and JFK. The revolution is about to begin. In your living room. The television event of the year, Wild Palms, coming in May to ABC. The show, produced by Oliver Stone, was a sprawling treatise on polarized politics hallucinogenic drugs, religion, and the rise of technology. It was also a commercial disaster. InputMag.com editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky recently wrote in praise of the series, a remastered HD version of which is now available on Blu-ray. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. Both the comic and the show tackled heady topics, focusing in particular on ultra-polarized politics. In the world of Wild Palms, it's the fathers versus the friends, as opposed to Republicans and Democrats. In Wild Palms, the fathers are a political and religious cult led by the egomaniacal Senator Kreutzer. I have all the traits of a popular politico. Bad breeding, vulgar manner, and one hell of a tan. (laughs) He's an old, heavily tanned sexual predator who thinks the path to the American populace is good TV ratings. Sound familiar? Welcome back to the show, Josh. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. What prompted you to write about Wild Palms 27 years after it came out? I feel like I've been talking about Wild Palms since the moment that it came out. But lately, it's been on my mind a lot because I feel like the show was really ahead of its time in predicting some of the stuff that is actually happening in reality. And unbeknownst to me, it actually just got re-released on Blu-ray. It was happening right at the same time that I was thinking about this. So it was just sort of a fortuitous timing that I thought maybe I'll like do this little story about how I love Wild Palms and I think everybody should see it. The show was a failure, ratings-wise at least. What was so special about it? The show aired in 1993. It was a miniseries on ABC. It was in an era just past Twin Peaks. And I think really, in many ways, Wild Palms, like Twin Peaks before it, was the first sort of blush of prestige television the way we know it now. I mean, these were, the episodes of Wild Palms were, directed by well-known directors. Catherine Bigelow directed an episode. Keith Gordon directed some episodes. You know, these are names that people who've gone on to do huge movies and, and also big TV projects. And it just like feels so much more adult and so much weirder and so much more sophisticated than what you would have expected to see on ABC in 1993. You know, I think partially that contributed to its lack of success. It's based on source material that's really weird, right? It's uh, Bruce Wagner wrote this comic book that eventually became a graphic novel that was in the back pages of Details magazine. It's produced by Oliver Stone. It's a sophisticated and unusual piece of television, but it also really speaks to this moment in a lot of ways. How does it speak to the moment? The first part is that political polarization. I mean, it, it presents a world... The Wild Palms world is set in California, but I think it's using California as a bit of a model for the larger world. You get these hugely polarized politics. One of the parties is basically a religious cult. 
It talks about the way the technology will become the carrier of those messages, the way the technology can be manipulated to carry the messages that a political party wants. It obviously has a lot about virtual reality and augmented reality in it. Also, the manipulation of those and the way that that can warp the public's belief in something. It also speaks to the paranoia that we live in. I mean, it's it's a very paranoid world that the characters inhabit in Wild Palms. They don't trust each other. They don't trust the news. They don't trust the professionals who are caring for them. And so I think that that kind of mixture of technology and politics that kind of come together with this sort of air of paranoia and almost like Armageddon feels very much of this moment. And what's the deal with that creepy little kid that you featured in the article? When you killed your daughter, your pulse never rose above normal. We're alike in that way. But my crimes will be grander. I assure you. One day I'll put out the sun and make bare every wound there ever was. Yeah, so that creepy little kid is Ben Savage, who is Fred Savage's brother. And he's a complete monster. He's a total creep. He's like essentially been brainwashed by the fathers, which is the religious cult, to be a kind of like soulless. He's basically being groomed as the next leader of this cult. And so he's got a lot of really twisted ideas about what his role is. And I think the show handles it in a way that to me feels like a disturbing, a surprising sort of depiction of a child in a TV show in 1993. So I think it's it's actually quite brilliant. You can follow Joshua on Twitter at Joshua Topolsky. Now on to today's second story. Hold me like you did by the lake on Naboo. Hi, everyone. I'm Olaf, and I like warm hugs. You want to hug it out? No, not really. Let's hug it out, bitch. In the era of social distancing, hugs are in short supply. So people are using technology to experience the next best thing to in-person affection. InputMag.com newswriter Jay Fergus recently wrote about video cuddle sessions and immersive VR experiences. Here they are reading an excerpt from their piece. Virtual reality spaces have become hotspots for hug requests, particularly in Roblox and VRChat, two gaming platforms that blur the lines between creator and player. During my first trip to Sked's Playground, a Roblox game, an adorable green giant scooped me up in its blocky grasp, and surprisingly, those few seconds felt as electrifying as accidentally grazing a cashier's hand a couple of months ago. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you for having me. So in your piece, you talk about getting virtual hugs on the gaming platforms, Roblox and VRChat. How does this work exactly? In both scenarios, you're just entering a server environment, often created by another player, and you can use an Oculus headset or just log on from your computer, and then you get to interact with other players. You can do this in an open internet sort of way, or you can create a private server for just your friends and family. For Roblox, if you're a VR headset user, then you get to be a sort of big floating head in certain environments, whereas computer users have little kind of Lego-like avatars that run around. And being on these platforms, have you noticed an uptick in hug requests? There are so many hug requests. I thought I was going to be the weirdo when I was researching for this story, like running around and, hey, I would like some hugs, but 
tons of other little avatars were typing in like hugs please or just hugs question mark at these giant like VR gods and they were generally obliging. You say generally. Sometimes you definitely are just a plaything for these users, particularly in Sked's playground. It is just a playground environment and the smaller avatars can almost be like little dolls or toys that they can play with. So you might be thrown up into the air or put into a rocket and they'll kind of fly you around the space. It's really up to them. (laughs) Sounds like there needs to be some sort of talk of consent in these worlds, but I guess that's probably not there, is it? Generally, no. There are signs around about um, basically just being nice, but it's not strictly enforced. You also wrote about a haptic suit that you can use to take this to the next level. How does that work? So uh, the haptic suit that I talked about is called the Tactot from B Haptics, and that has 20 sensors on the front and 20 sensors on the back of this adjustable vest. And that basically uses different vibrations to create the sensation of actually being touched. And this can be used for something as simple as a hug or to simulate rainfall or a gunshot in a game. Let me get a hug, bro. Let me get a hug, homie. <laughs> Do you hear like like vibrating? Wait. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel it on your back too? Yeah, if you give me a back massage, well, oh, it feels oh, it feels pretty I good. See. And you mentioned the story can get a little raunchy sometimes. Oh yeah. Well, VR chat is definitely less wholesome a space than Roblox. Definitely. There are some instances of people just kind of hopping up onto people um, wearing a vest. And again, it's hard to police consent. But because of this, actually, the support for that specific vest in VRChat is modified to avoid any sort of serious consent problems. In your piece, you also explored cuddling via video chat, which doesn't sound quite as satisfying as a real thing. It's not. <laughs> the clients I spoke to were um, clients at Cuddlist, which is one of the many professional cuddling services out there where people can book sessions or attend group events that involve very consent-based cuddling. And the benefits of in-person touch greatly outweigh what can happen in a video session, but the sense of companionship and feeling seen in these video sessions is another benefit all onto its own, especially for people who are living alone in this time and who might not have a more steady stream of human interaction. So is there any technology that's ever going to replace the warmth of a real human hug? It doesn't seem like it. Everyone is trying their best, but for now, real hugs are the best possible thing, but to be safe in quarantine, there's definitely options that can give you a little oxytocin boost if you just don't want to endanger yourself or your friends.
You can follow Jay on Twitter at NotesFromJay, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.